0: What's going on, Will Freeman, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, talking to you today about how not to fuck up your big payday by getting depressed or getting fucked. And I'm talking about getting fucked in the wrong way, meaning getting screwed over by bad investments, bad business partners. And this is advice to guys who have big windfalls financially, like a big exit from your business, or uh, big earners, especially young guys. Some of my advice is is for guys who are just getting started. Some of it's for more advanced guys. This particular video is for guys who are a bit more advanced. I'm talking about you've got a 200K to a $2 million uh, windfall, or you're starting to make you know, 300, 400, a million dollars a year. And maybe it's from poker, maybe it's from a tech startup, uh, high ticket service business like mine, or an inheritance, or um, you closed a huge client, like you're in commercial real estate, and, and got a massive commission. Um, or you did what I did in my early 20s, which was trading. Again, the vast majority of those I do not recommend. Um, my narrative is coherent from, from start to finish. I still recommend service business, ideally high ticket service business for the vast majority of most guys, but some guys are exceptional. And they've already proven that they've made money and can make money in some of those different industries. Um, and, and if you're one of those guys and you're sitting on money, um, I'm talking to you right now, because um, the most common thing in the world, especially for, for for guys who make a lot of money, especially for young guys, is to get depressed or to blow it on bad investments. That happens to almost everybody. When I was in my early 20s, I was making a lot of money from being a proprietary trader. I was working for the biggest day trading firm in the world at that point. Um, one month I took home 100K, you know, this was like 14 years ago. That was a lot of money back then. I was taking home like over 50K a month. I knew at least not to go into bad investments. But when the money dried up and I wasn't able to develop a trading system, I went through some, some pretty um, heavy feelings of, of feeling depressed and I wasn't able to pivot into the right mission again. So I, I, I at least was smart enough not to get into bad investments, but I got hit bad on um being depressed on realizing like having all this money doesn't make me, you know, happy every day. Um, I call this the Elvis example. If you want to see what that looks like, check out my video on the Elvis example and how to avoid it. This is the cause of like celebrity suicides and and depression and really successful people because, you know, when you have the dream, you have something to work for. When you when you actually achieve the dream you know it makes you happy for a while and then and then that that payoff wears off and now you're thinking like what the fuck do i do right um is exactly what i went through in and if you're watching this video there's a good chance that you have gone through that or you might go through that in the future when you get your payoff um so this also happened to a lot of my friends it happens to my clients um you know i've got a friend who was maybe one of the best poker players in the world in 2016. Um, you know, we got a client who, who just exited, he's a young guy for, for three mil for his tech startup. Um, you know, I had a, a young friend of mine when I was in, uh, living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, who made a lot of money and then wasn't able to make any more money and got some health problems and, and, uh, ended his own life, unfortunately. And, um, you know, you see this all the time in celebrities. The latest case is, uh, this, this guy, Takashi, 6'9. If you don't know who that is I'm happy for you unfortunately I do know who that is and he was this young guy he he was making a ton of money um as a rapper and he decided for some street cred to get involved with the blood gang like these serious gangsters and apparently they took like 3 million off of them you know they they hooked up with his baby moms you know like all kinds of stuff and he's getting involved in the crimes with these guys and now he's he's in court and he's you know, was facing, like, 30 years to life, snitched on all of them, lost a fortune on legal fees, um, you know, because you become a target when you're successful. This happens to, you know, the vast majority of athletes. They're broke 10 years later. It happens to the vast majority of, you know, a lot of musicians, a lot of celebrities, because they are not business people. They're not entrepreneurs. They didn't earn the money in in, in the, you know, traditional way of, like, dollars and cents and grinding and stuff like that. They just had this really special skill and a lack of financial literacy, lack of financial discipline and all that money at once when you're young, it makes you feel like you're 10 feet tall and invincible. And, and you know, and the money's going to last forever and you can roll the dice on all these types of different investments. And you know, you're just like meat for hungry wolves, whether it's, you know, in in Takashi's case, gangsters or whether it's um, unscrupulous advisors, you know, even the private banking at my bank was trying to get me in there like crazy. And I said, look, I make a living out of trading the markets. The last thing I want to do is let some guy who's a broker who, who's never made a dollar in the markets, brokers, a financial advisor, control my money and put me some bullshit mutual funds. I at least knew that because I was financially literate in in the investment sense because I was actually making money in the market and knew that I would never, ever, ever invest my money with Wall Street. Still never will, by the way. And that's true of a lot of um, guys who worked in Wall Street, a lot of guys who are ex-traders, including one of my other successful clients who's a you know, multimillionaire in his 40s. And we laugh about how you know, no one we know would, would put their money into stocks. Um, so here's, here's what happens, okay? when you get that big payoff, right? So four things, four bad things can happen. One, you get high on your own supply. So I've realized it's just as dangerous to be in a really peak state as it is in a depressed state. And if you're if you're flying, you know, you just you just got 2-3 million from your exit. You feel like you're on top of the world. And you were used to living on so little, you're like, "Well, you know, what's what's 300 grand in 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 this investment?" You know what I mean? I've still got 202.7 million left. Um Number two, you think you need to be smart and invest, right? You're like reading all the information. You're like, I don't want to be a dummy with all this cash. I can't just let the cash sit in the bank account. I'm losing 2% a year on inflation, man. I got to put it into somewhere, you know. Um, I got to be smart about my money, right? Like, like, you know, there's all these advisors and my parents and everyone's telling me like, hey, you know, you better invest that money. Um, number three is you become a target. Like, a young rich kid is... Just who just got money is like a massive target for advisors or you know any type of guy who makes his living off of off of um you know or 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 unscrupulous friends right you know like between my clients and my friends, you know like five six seven, ten million dollars that I know of has been lost were guys invested with their friends or who they thought there were were their friends. And even if the friend was well-meaning, the business didn't work out. Um, I've seen that example, example happen so many times. And number four, which is probably the biggest one, is you have no mission and you, and you um, start to experience that Elvis example, right? You get three months of payoff or whatever for, from that big win. And then you're like, well, hey, I have all this money now, but the money doesn't make me happy every day. I've achieved my dreams. This is kind of scary. And I don't really have a purpose here. And you start to feel lost, and you start to feel bored, and boredom is the first step towards uh, feeling depressed. So that's why I don't like exits or hustlers or guys who call themselves hustlers. Okay, I like lifetime missions because you always have a cash, you always have cash flow, you're always making money, and you always have a mission. I have a huge game to play within this lifestyle design thing, you know. The guys at the top, the Tony Robbins, the Grant Cardone's, are in their sixties and they're still growing, and you know, it, there's no limit to it. I've got a fantastic game for me to play for the rest of my life, and I'm really grateful for that. So I'm always going to have a mission, um, and I'm always able to build off of stuff. You know, I'm 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 getting clients now for for stuff I wrote or videos I did three or four years ago. You know, I'm getting compound interest back into this business. Um, and that's only gonna scale over time with more followers and all these things. Um and and you have cash flow, right? Like, you know, even if you if you're sitting on a big pile of money, it's kind of an uncomfortable feeling to be like, hey, you know, my expenses are six thousand, I don't have anything coming in anymore. You know, I'm I'm taking this as a loss. And then that um can be, you know, can can get some guys to be like, rush into investments sooner than perhaps they should have because they're worried about their their newly found burn rate because they no longer have a salary. Um, you know, which is why I don't like exits. You know, to me, you know, Warren Buffett is still doing Berkshire and he's going to die on his throne. He's going to die in his company just like Steve Jobs did. So does, you know, so is everyone else on the Forbes 500 list. Carlos Slim, the telecom guy, Warren Buffett. Berkshire Hathaway, um, Bill Gates, Microsoft, Steve Jobs, Amazon, or, or, or sorry, uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Steve Jobs only left Apple because he was kicked off, but he ended up back there. So the vast majority of those guys stay in the same vehicle, and the vast majority of that wealth is built in the same vehicle. Um, it's also the case, too, for, like, they'll say more millionaires are made from real estate than anything else, and perhaps that's true. But... Those guys like the Sam Zells of the world, the guys who own the real estate funds, that's their full-time job. Their full-time mission is owning their real estate fund. Um, So that to me is still a mission. It's not like they're part-time real estate investors. That is their life's mission. Um, And it's not a hustle and there's not an exit because why would you want to exit a fantastic vehicle? It's like Warren Buffett says, his timeline to selling a company, like his timeline to holding a company is ideally forever. You know, I Ideally, it would be a 300-year investment for him, or or more, um, because you know why would you sell a fantastic vehicle unless someone's like crazy overpaid and you feel like you can you know paying you like 30 years' earnings and you can you feel you can go find another similar vehicle that's just as good and and now you've got a massive cash advantage. If they're just paying you five years' earnings, it's like well you've got to go find another vehicle anyway. So. Um, if this one's fantastic, why? Why are you selling type of a thing? Okay, not true in all cases, but in, in, in the majority of them Because um, then you're without a mission you're without cash flow um, And you're without a vehicle to reinvest money into so That being said if you're sitting on you know if you did exit and it was a hustle if you had a crypto business or whatever not gonna knock your hustle especially if you're a young guy and, and you're sitting on a couple million Uh, salute to you Um, not a hater just trying to give the best advice for the vast majority of people and if you are if your money came from poker or whatever it came from um, that's all good because hey at the end of the day you won you made a lot of money that's the most important thing Um, so the first thing you want to do is protect that money okay so fuck investing think wealth protection Um, The purpose of your payday is first and foremost to cover expenses and to prevent you from going broke and having to work a bitch made job ever again. Oh my God, I do not ever want to go back to working a job again. I still have nightmares about, you know, being in sales, doing my cold calls, having colleagues. If you're in a job right now, I feel for you, man. And I hope you get out of there as soon as possible. But the number one thing you want to do with that money is make sure that you don't lose it. Second rule, of, of having that money is make sure that you don't lose it. Third rule is don't lose that money, okay? Because then you're back to being a regular person, you're back to being broke, and you have to work a bitch-made fucking job with boring colleagues, and you are not gonna wanna be alive when you go from riding that high all the way back down to having a job. Just like I did when my trading money ran out and I had to go get a sales job, would not wish that on anyone. Um, if you're in America, Okay? The other thing that you need to do, I guess this is true anywhere, is um, protect that wealth. And it starts with the right bank accounts. So I've got two accounts in Canada, two accounts in Asia, two accounts in Europe. Um, I've got my money spread across those different accounts, PayPal account, Stripe, um, you know, all this is legal. All this is you know you reported on your. I'm not telling you to hide money or anything like that. What I'm saying is that bank safety has to become um, a priority for you. Global Finance Magazine. They have a website, GlobalFinanceMag.com. I think is a great one. Every year it lists the hundred or two hundred safest banks. It also lists the safest banks per um, location. And what you'll see is like a lot of these American bank, America. Where I'm from Canada. We have made four major banks and they're like 200 years old. The odds of them failing in the next recession are low. I would say they own less toxic, significantly less toxic derivatives than the American banks do. America has a ton of banks and they fail all the time. Now, are the big four, you know, um, JP Morgan, Citibank, Wells Fargo, etc., are they going to fail in the next recession? Probably not. But they hold a lot of toxic assets to the point where I, they don't even know what they're holding because they're so complex and you know so many trillions of dollars um, worth of money in those investment vehicles and you know you have to wonder you know are they going to make it through now the reason I would I would choose those over maybe a smaller bank with a similar profile is because they're their higher likelihood to be on the too big to fail list. But Lehman Brothers went down. So what does that tell you? Um, you know, Sure, they were an investment bank, but hey, these things are possible. Uh, you wanna have your money in uh, the safest possible bank accounts in your region. And if there's no bank accounts in your region that you feel completely safe with, the world's your oyster. Uh, if you've got over $250,000, you can get into Singapore, I think that is the new entry level if you're a non-resident. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's gotta be with maybe a few exceptions, but to get into OCBC or any of the good banks, I think it's over 100,000, if not 250, because um, otherwise you're just too much of a hassle to deal with. Singapore Singapore is probably one of, if not the best places, that lets in non-residents. Germany, if you can get into the German banks or, the, or some of the Swiss banks, those are also good too. Um, although, Singapore might be easier to get into the non-residents. Don't quote me on that. And you'll want to check Global Finance Mag's recommendations, not just, you know, you don't hop into just any bank just because it's in Switzerland or whatever. But you'll see, um, you know, in the top 100, you've got Canada, Australia, Singapore, uh, Germany, Switzerland. A great option is Canada too. Um, I think BMO and TD are in the top 30 for uh, safe banks. And they—it's mu- it's a lot easier to get an account uh, in a Canadian bank um, as an American than it is in a Singapore bank, probably in a Swiss bank as well. You probably need a lot less. So those are options for you. Um, but make sure that your banks are safe. Like I had a client of mine who who had his savings in in an online bank in America that was relatively small. And I didn't like the sound of that at all because I'm like, you know, next recession, that's, which happens on average every eight years, we're a little overdue for one. Those are the kind of banks that go under. Um, So I would not want my money or the bulk of my savings in any of those banks. Now you can use those smaller banks as like um, transactional banks. You can use some of these neo banks as transactional banks. You can hold some money in PayPal and Payoneer and TransferWise. Um, you just want the bulk of your savings to be, you know, in these banks that rank in the top, ideally in the top 50, um, across the board. Now, as far as currencies, I don't know where currencies are going. Nobody does. You can hold a basket of currencies if you want. You can hold it in USD. I can't predict that. So I'm not going to make a prediction on there. Um, but I own right now. I have ThaiBot, I have USD, I have um, Canadian dollars. That's mostly out of convenience, but I would hold the bulk of it in probably US or Canadian. Actually, I, I, I might start putting more money into my Canadian accounts because I feel like the Canadian dollar will rise as it does every decade um, towards the, the US dollar. A lot of the time it's over par. Now it's significantly under. Um, And if I ever have to live back in Canada again, you know, I'll have those Canadian dollars. So, the next thing in terms of wealth protection is to never invest your money with anyone or into anyone else's business, okay? That's where you really get fucked. Um, You know, sure, there's wins to be had. Sure, a lot of people made money in investing. Uh, I'm sure you'll see a lot of these celebrities like Jay Z and Ashton Kutcher invested into Uber and stuff. But those guys are already really rich, where they're you know they're able to take some of these gambles. But I'm I'm talking about like, you know, if you've got your your 200k to your 2 mil to maybe a bit more, like the highest chances of you getting fucked financially is, you know, more so than even having someone else manage your money, um, which goes wrong so often, is is um, investing it with somebody, okay? In a business that you don't know from the inside out. You know, even if it's $10,000, you know, you need to treat that money with a lot of respect and just not gamble with any of it. If you're going to invest in a business, be, invest in a business that you're involved with, that you know from the ground up, that you know all the competitors are, um, that you really understand the model, you understand the landscape. Like I could tell you everything about the business that I'm in, the competitors um, from top to bottom. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in this industry because I don't gamble with my money. I'm a financial coward, as you should be. There should be no element of gambling whatsoever with that precious net worth that you saved up. Okay, Um, you know, and that that means investing it. Like, I don't want anyone else to manage my money, and I don't want anyone else to be um, to be invested with someone else because now they're in control of my financial destiny. I'd much rather be in control of it myself, okay? Like imagine going from zero to hero in a company where you know everything and then taking that money and giving it all to Wall Street. Like that's so common. Like people give all their money to these companies where they've never seen the sales floor. They've never seen the company. They don't know the complexities of the business. They don't know the assets and liabilities. Some people don't even know who the CEO is, okay? and at the end of the day, you can say, sure, on average, the market has returned 8% a year. But you know, to, to have gotten those compound returns, sometimes you have to hold through a down decade, not to mention like the last 100 years, America was the most powerful, prosperous empire, and it is an empire of all time. Are they going to get another 100 years like that? Not likely. I don't think so. Also, it's just stuff that I don't know versus like A high ticket or high margin service business where you can get thousands of percent return a year just like i do in mine. um so you don't need to throw your money into real estate or bonds right away either okay uh losing a couple percent to inflation is not a big deal for right now also you're always losing a few percent to inflation even if you're making three percent on your net worth you're always losing a few percent to inflation unless you spend the money anyways. That's the nature of it. Um, and don't get me started on crypto, okay? You, if you watch my video on crypto to see how I feel about that stuff, all right? Real estate investing also is a part-time, if not full-time job, okay? And it's not something to be dabbled with. It's not just like, I'm gonna buy a few properties. Um, you know That takes a lot of scouting. It takes a lot of finding the right model. If you wanna see, um, Guy who's doing it well. Check out Grant Cardone's uh, real estate investing playbook. It's very complex. There's a lot of deal scouting. I mean, I think the entry level is 750 grand to be able to buy one of these multifamily units. Um, I mean, that to me is a part-time, if not a full-time job. That's not something you just dabble with on the side. That's your, you know, if you're if you're sitting on three mil, right, and and you want to get into that commercial real estate, or you want to get into that. um, multi-family real estate or whatever look at that as like your new job scouting finding properties finding the management um you know at least your new part-time job where you get some passive some some less active income but you still are, in my opinion are going to need a sort need a source of more active income um because the three million that you have is probably not going to be enough um, to meet all your expenses even if you're getting that passive real estate income or at least, you know, to really build that kind of wealth because so much of it's going to be tied up in those properties. And then you're also all in, which is not something that I would do. So don't think you're being stupid by sitting on your money. Um, the stupid thing is rushing into investments and getting burned. Like whatever made you that money is the thing that you know really well. So what you don't want to do is take all that hard-earned money from something that you know inside out, like your tech startup or whatever, and then go spend it on shit that you don't know a lot of money about uh, or a lot about um, because you feel like there's some sense of rush of not supposed to be sitting on money. Okay, that is a mistake. Um, It's also okay to go through a celebration uh, decompression phase where... um, you know, you're enjoying your life, okay? Um, you can enjoy your your girlfriend, your friends, your hobbies, and get your health on track, because let's face it, like, in advance of you getting that payoff, your health probably slipped a little bit because of all the stress that you were dealing with. That's That tends to happen, okay? Um, in your decompression celebration phase, which is probably, you know, if you're watching this, what you're going through right now, I also recommend you pick up my book, How to Get Organized, okay? And get your life running on autopilot through the TickTick app so that when you're ready for your next mission, you're going to be fully automated, organized, you've got your health goals, wealth goals, all that stuff. I recommend that for everybody, by the way. It's it's the most useful thing I have on my website as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, and you can get that at RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com forward slash products. But make no mistake, you only get about three months of payoff before celebration turns into boredom and maybe another... F- Three months after that before boredom turns into depressed even if you are in Thailand cruising around on a motorbike dating Thai girls living by the beach not gonna make you happy long term okay if you think sitting on a beach in Thailand drinking margaritas every day will make you happy it won't it will make you sunburned tired and depressed and you'll feel lost and aimless if you're coming out of a huge amount of stress and you've got a lot of money it'll make you real happy for three months Running around with girls on the motorcycle, sitting on the beach, saying, I could live like this forever. Um, but that will not last. I'm telling you right now, that that celebration decompression p- period will not last. Eventually, you'll get bored. And eventually, that boredom will turn to depressed. Not depression, depressed. Okay? Because you do have control over that, in my opinion. Alex Becker is going through it right now. He sold all his stuff. Something I talked about in the Elvis example. I love Alex Becker, by the way um, the Elvis example, which I think you guys should watch where I talk about what to do when you actually achieve your dreams. Okay. Hint. It's going to be the same thing that I'm telling you right now. Okay. Um, you know, because as a man and a peak performer, you know, it's the mission you're born to have a mission without one. You feel lost, bored, and eventually depressed celebration. Decompression period is great for a period of time. Um, you can take time off, you can travel, you can date. I've done these things, these are fun, but recognize you're gonna need to feel another mission. Um, And you're gonna need another mission to feel alive, a reason to put pants on, um, a sense of purpose, a sense of pride, and a sense of another game to play with bigger goals and um, more things to reach for. It's just like the video game. The worst thing that happens in the video game is when you beat it and then you're bored and you're like, well, that game was awesome. What do I do again? You know, ideally, you pick a mission like I do um in the lifestyle dot design or or in a niche where it's an infinite game you can you know you can die in that mission right you're like well at least i don't have to worry about finding a new mission cuz this thing has like near infinite levels like Steve, uh, jeff bezos is still going with amazon there's still more levels for him right and he's the richest guy in the world like that's a great mission it's infinite um so the other thing is you need to work hard during the day to enjoy your time off. The same thing like, you know, like when you, if, when you used to work a job, like you're happy on the weekends and at night and like, you're happy if you have a day off just cause you're not working. Okay. But you're enjoying that because you're taking on a certain amount of pain during the day, but it's, it should be the right kind of pain called eustress, which is like the pain in the gym as opposed to distress, which is like demotivating pain. Eustress is the kind of pain that's. Um, is is, is associated with growth and is associated with purpose and makes you feel alive. So that's the kind of pain that you want for your mission. And that's what you need to actually be able to enjoy your time off. If you're just sitting at home during the day, you're going to feel miserable. Just like when I was in high high school, I would like call in sick and watch the prices right during the day. And after two days of that, like you want to go back to school because it's so boring. And... That's how it is when you don't have a mission, man. So you need that eustress to be able to even enjoy your time off. That's the that's the funny thing about life, okay? Um, which brings us to the point of this post: uh, you need to find your new mission because your new mission kills three birds with one stone—not two birds, three birds. Okay, one it gives you new purpose, and without a purpose, without a mission, you're going to be lost. You're going to get bored. You're going to feel depressed. Number two, it gets you cash flow positive again instead of burning money, which I know if you're sitting on a bunch of money, you're happy, but you're a little uncomfortable because you're burning cash. Number three, it gives you a vehicle to multiply your net worth by pushing your money back into your business, um, reinvesting that, getting compound interest, trying to turn that $3 million into $30 million. okay? And I'm not talking about an, a vehicle that gives you 8% a year. I'm talking about thousands of percent a year which is what I get from my vehicle because I have a high ticket service business. Um, And that's what I recommend for the vast majority of my guys, high ticket service business. Um, As always, there are exceptions. By the way, if you want more information on that, just go to the money playlist on my YouTube channel or go to the money section on my website, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com. Ton of information on service-based businesses and selling. How to, tell, how to sell um, high ticket services as well. I think that's the best vehicle for most guys, unless you are exceptional. If you wanna see if you're exceptional, watch my video on that. Will, I have a video for that Freeman, um, it, because I've, I've done a lot of these. Okay, if you're exceptional, okay, the way to tell that is if you have like a 140 plus IQ in STEM intelligence, science, tech, something else in math, and um, high-value skills like you're a full-stack developer with um, you know, high social intelligence and sales skills as well, like one of my current clients is. You know, he was, he was a top graduate at a great university. He's a full-stack developer, works at a huge company, super smart, um, also great social skills, great presentation. Okay, that guy's very exceptional. Another client of mine had a $3 million exit, similar skills, similar social intelligence. We're planning his next mission. Um, His next mission is gonna be a grand goal. It's gonna be a disruptive game. He can do that because he's proven himself. He's got the IQ, he's got the sales ability. He has the right, you know, we found him the right connections. You know, he, he wants 100 mil, okay? Most guys, I would be trying to talk out of that but a guy like that who's already got the track record, already got the intelligence, the connections, great ideas, he's got nothing but ideas, he's a young boy genius, okay? He's got a shot at it, but you need to know your limitations. I was in a tech startup, didn't work out. My limitation was I didn't know programming, so I was at a massive informational disadvantage. Our programmer left. And that was it. We couldn't make sense of his code. Uh, We couldn't get anyone else to make sense of his code. I said I'd never put myself in a position like that. I'm never going to be in a business where I have an informational disadvantage. I want to be in a business where I have an informational advantage, which I think I do, because not to insult the people in my business, but lifestyle design doesn't have a whole lot of rocket scientists in there. I think that my IQ is um, very well served in this niche. There's a reason I don't have a math and science blog or website because my intelligence is in English. It's in philosophy. It's in logic. It's in business. It's in the softer sciences, sales, social skills, things like that. So I've been in a, in a a high ticket service, um, with very low overhead where, um, I feel like I'm exceptional and I have a high ticket skill. Okay. It's also the same for poker. I I've, I've had two clients who who did really well at poker, a good friend of mine who did well at poker. It's something I made a little bit of money on after I stopped trading. Um, you know, but again, this is only if you have you know high knowledge in math, you know you've got the best software, you're already skilled, you already have a lot of money, you already have a lot of discipline. Um, you know, I don't recommend poker for most people unless you've already made a lot of money in poker like you've you've proven to be a winner in there, okay. Uh, however, I don't recommend trading for anybody. If you made a lot of money trading crypto, I, re- I recommend you stop doing it. Okay, because poker is a closed system. There are There's an optimal way to play. Trading is an open system. Um, it's hard to find your edge unless you're like an algo trader working for a hedge fund who is working on legal insider information or legal informational advantage. P.S. They're probably also working on illegal insider information. Uh, Information they just haven't got caught yet. So if you don't have a massive edge in trading, I, I, you know, or you're doing some kind of arbitrage or you're a quant or something like that, I really don't recommend that whatsoever. You'd be better off playing poker, where it's a closed system. There's optimal ways to play. There's courses, there's studies, and you know you can have a vast majority of um, better software than than other people. Although, you know, my clients tell me poker's tightening up now. It's not the best time to get in. Um, ultimately I still recommend the high ticket service business for most of you guys for your next mission. But what I'm saying is like, if you've made a lot of money already, um, and you've proven yourself exceptional in certain areas, it does not have to be, um, that high ticket service business. The one thing I would recommend you not to do is not to day trade either crypto or anything or, to me, that's gambling. And this is coming from someone who made a lot of money trading. All my money was made by arbitrage and like these short momentum spikes, none of which are available anymore. They haven't been available for 10 years. It's not reproducible. And I had $3 million of buying power for my company. And I took home, you know, 40 to 50% of that. I was not trading with my own money. Um, and, and it was a long learning curve of just getting my head kicked in for a year before I had the discipline to be able to do that. Nobody I know, okay, this is 14 years later, is still trading. That's why I laugh when I see these young guys on YouTube talking about how to become a day trader. I'm like, oh man, they just haven't got wiped out yet. You know, trying to trade out there with their little 100 grand or whatever and trying to live off that. I'm like, you know, like you need at least like a 10 year record to be able to be recommending that to other people. But then, like, why are you telling people? Why are you not just making money? And and it doesn't mean that those trades are going to be reproducible for other people or that other people should be trading at all. Um, I'm just a total no on, on, on your mission being trading, just so you know. Okay. Um, so ideally, your mission gives you a game for the rest of your life, like everyone on the Forbes list and a compounding interest vehicle for your net worth. So um, in 2020, I'm going to be launching my course. Yes, I've been saying that forever, but I'm actually working on it. I've got someone helping me work on it. I'm already investing um, money to for that help. I'm going to aim for the the one to three marketing spend where I put in a dollar I get at three. Um, I might get some coaching with Alex Becker to make sure that it's tightened up. Um course, is going to be anywhere from $300 to $1,000. It's going to be like 30 to 50 hours. It's going to be crazy. Like I want to make the best personal development course of all time. Um, barely recovered perfectionist here. The, the, the lighting, the video is not going to be great as it always is, but the content I want to be the best of all time. And, you know, when I can find that, that payoff with the ads, I'm going to just take all that money that I've been storing up, be like, that's the vehicle right there and just go and just pump it all back in there. Um, and then, you know, daily compound reinvest that profit back into the machine. That's what I would recommend you do is finding a vehicle that can be not just an investment vehicle for your cash, not just a high margin vehicle, but a compound interest vehicle. That is how all those big time players on the Forbes 500 made their money. They also got other people's money, too. If you can get opium, um Hey go for it, did a video on that, on how to get other people's money as well, both um, investment and debt. Um, So check that out if you're interested. And that's why my business is not for sale. First of all, I couldn't sell it because it's based so much around me. Two, why would I sell it for five years earnings when I would just need to find a better or equivalent vehicle and a new mission and, you know, What's five years earnings, right? The the exit to me only makes sense if if someone's going to come in and overpay if they're going to give me four years or forty years earnings or something. Um, you know, there's some exceptions I'm sure, but but if the guy's overpaying, yeah, hey, that's one thing. Like like a lot of people were doing for these like shitty dot com companies in the dot com boom. Like the guy knows his company's garbage, so of course he's selling it. Okay, I'm not saying to do that. I'm not saying to do anything unethical. I'm just talking about the logic behind it. Um, but otherwise, like, you know, why sell the whole thing? Why not sell a piece and stay on board and 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 ride the wave, um, so to speak? You know, if you really, if you're in the right, if you've got a great vehicle, why sell the whole thing? Um, with that being said, it's not like I'm telling you to take that payday and go 100% all in on anything. I still think you should aim to keep like 200 grand in the bank. As an insurance policy, um, as run weights, and it's also like, let's say you're sitting on three mil, right? You don't put it all back into the business right up front. You know, you, you can invest slowly over time, but maybe you always keep, as a reserve, like you always keep 200 grand in the bank just in case. Okay, that's your insurance pol- policy against having to go out and get a job, all right? You always want some cash in there, just in case some crazy thing happens, you never have to go back to some bitch-made job again, all right? Also I'm not anti-investing, although I'd lean more towards bonds and term deposits, um, you know, with, with if, if you're looking to put a decent amount of your net worth into investments, things that pay you money. If you set up a bond tree, you can get them paying you every month, um, and I'd, I'd rather that over most other things, um, but that's still really just an insurance policy. That pays monthly cash flow and, and and negates some of the damage from inflation. Um, you know, stocks. You know, that's a no for me. Real estate investing. Um, that's a different animal, but it's a part-time, if not a full-time job. Okay, it's not suited for most. You know, there's, there's the exception of like Grant Cardone. You know, who's who. You know, is pumping all his money into real estate, but that's really like his main business or like, if not his close to his main business, he's, he's got the Grand card training or whatever, but that real estate is, is as much of his time, if not more of his time. Okay. So that's not something you're just, Hey, let me take this next six months to like invest in some real estate and then I'll find my mission. No, like find the mission first, see how much it needs, see how much you need to hire people or whatever, or the expenses that you need. And then take your time when you're looking at some investments. And then also see like, how much can I put back into this business? If I'm getting one to three on my marketing dollar, why don't I put, you know, I'm going to get a lot more out of this business. It's a lot easier to get, you know, a hundred percent to thousands of percent return in a smaller, you know, um, high ticket service business than it is these huge businesses that have already been. You know, those those crazy upfront returns have already been extracted, you know, from Microsoft 30 years ago when it was growing exponentially. Now you're lucky to get eight, which is why, you know, it makes more sense to save that money and, and see how much you can put into your current vehicle um, before you decide where you're going to invest. But the investment really should be, I think, this is just my opinion, um, more of an extension of wealth protection, but with... It's like wealth protection, but with some cash flow. Um, with that said, if you fit the exception to real estate, you can get after it. You know, if you have ten million and you want to be a commercial real estate investor, man, and you're willing to do that full time as your job, yeah, go for it. Um, you know, careful with the leverage. Like I love Grant Cardone, I, I would not be comfortable with the amount of leverage that he's carrying. That's just me. You know, when I look at these market downturns every year. Um, but I think you're still going to need some type of an active income. Even if you have like 3 million in the bank, depending on how much you can get on the mortgages, like, you know, maybe you can get 10,000 passive. I don't know, but, uh, you're still going to want that active income. So yeah, I mean, I think the best thing to do is is really just find that next vehicle that's going to be like, hey, how do I take that 3 million and turn it into 30 or how do I take that 200k turn it into 2 million as well as um get income every month from this business as well as be able to like have this business be an infinite game that I can play for the next 30 or 40 years. Okay? And I'm cool with just letting my money sit on the sidelines for a little bit until I can find um you know, the hundred percent, 200%, 300% return within my business, uh, that I'm in total control of, um, to, to, you know, get that money back. And, and cause remember, like, chances are, you know, if you had a big payday, it probably came from a business, you know? So getting back after it, doing the same thing again, getting back after it, getting another mission, getting that win. Um, That's what I'm doing. I think that's what the the most guys should be doing. That's what pretty much every guy on the Forbes 500 did. Like, don't think, you know. Even though Warren Buffett was technically investing in companies, you know, he's running Berkshire Hathaway. That's a company, and it's not like he's playing the stock market. He's actually buying those companies. He's understanding who's in the management, and he's owning those companies. Okay, he is a business investor and a business analyst first and foremost. you know, so, so building that, 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 um, high income business, I think is your best bet for your mission. But if you're exceptional, I've outlined some of the other options there. With that said, if you need help with any of this stuff, um, you know, I'd be happy to coach you if you're a good fit, check it out. Revolutionarylife.com forward slash coaching. Uh, I'd love to hear from you or work with you. If you think you're going to be a good fit for my coaching, Also, stay tuned in 2020. Eventually, the How to Play the Game of Life course will be out. And let me know what you think in the comments section. Much love to you. Wish you all the best in your personal development journey.